Estate 911 podcast with Lisa True. Lisa will share up-to-date real estate information with you that you need to know. Welcome to True Real Estate 911. It's Brian Mudd with you. And of course, your local real estate pro, Lisa True, here to make sense of everything that's going on in local real estate and also some changes coming up on mortgages. You know, if you we, we talk about the weather. If you don't like it, just wait around. It'll change pretty quickly on you. It's that way with mortgages, too. So we actually have Eric Cantelli from Academy Mortgage, who's the uh, mortgage partner of the True Group, in to explain some of what's coming down the pike here in uh, late June. And some of it's good. Uh, some of it, you know, might want to get on the ball here and get your mortgage originated pretty quickly. But uh, anyway, as we get going today, if you're not already at truerealestate911.com, we'll go there. Uh, best local resource for you to begin your real estate search. And uh, you can even search the MLS like a real estate pro for free, by the way. The truth is they make that as available as a, a courtesy service for you. And of course, if you're buying, if you're selling, if you have questions, seven days a week, you got the True Group there to help. 561 972 972-8326. Lisa, before we get into the meat of today's show, which is going to uh, pertain to mortgages, uh, give me a read on what's going on with local real estate right now. We have uh, the hot market and the not-so-hot market going on right here in Palm Beach County. Um, we are seeing um, a lot of our properties starting to get great contracts, just maybe taking a little bit longer. Okay. Um, we are putting um, from our luxury properties, uh, our mid-range properties, kind of that six to eight. We're starting to see some really good movement. And, of course, anything under... 450 is super hot generally. And that was what I was going to ask you about real quick because there's a piece of research out from Zillow they just released that actually said that May is now maybe uh, the single best month of the year to buy. You know, typically uh, outside of our local real estate market, which has its own uh, seasonal um, components to it for sure, uh, you know, you, you get into the summer season and, and typically early summer had been good. Well, uh, they're actually showing that May um, uh, since 2008 has provided a uh, a much quicker turnaround time and 19 days fewer to uh, get a home under contract and and actually averaging about three to five percent more money that came on back of what you had talked about uh, most recently which seemed to be pointing in that direction as well you'd mentioned that families that are looking to relocate this summer are actually already out there searching for real estate yes after last year and they all the the horror stories that they heard about their friends that couldn't find homes um, last year, we, we actually started uh, in March because interest rates really took that nice dip for yeah. everybody. Mm-hmm. This year, um, we started seeing it mid-April. It was a little bit later this year. Um, so that it completely goes along with that May is going to be a strong month. And so if someone is thinking about selling their home, then really now is a good time to do so with that single family home that's going to have uh, that appeal to somebody who might be looking to relocate before school starts up again. Yes, if you're um, thinking of selling and you have a, a single family home in a, in great school districts, you need to be listed now. Okay. Um, you need to call uh, us today. I mean, Steve, um, Ashley, Chris and I are, are really blocking all of our time in the month of May to serve our clients because we know that there's going to be a lot of buyers and there's going to be a lot of sellers that need to get their homes on the market. Uh, we're having, um, we're already booking out for um, the next two weeks for appointments. So we're here to help and you need to be calling. Don't think, oh, well, I'll do it after my vacation. No, we need to be on the market now. Can make a big difference. That's for sure. And uh, well, Eric, speaking of May, there's something else as we bring Eric Cantelli from Academy Mortgage into the conversation. Who would have thought that if the Fed had raised rates, which they did in December, uh, that we would uh, several months later have the lowest mortgage rates that we'd had since May 
three years ago going on. Uh, that had to be really something that, uh, uh, you know, for your industry um, was a bit of a pleasant surprise. And I know that you've been able to help a lot of people with uh, with very affordable mortgages. You know, every the whole entire rate environment right now is fantastic. There's never been a better time to buy a home. Um, again, we're in an election year. The time is right, as you and Lisa were just stating. April, May are phenomenal months to buy this year. Um, and with some of the changes that FHA have coming down the pipe right now, as far as student loans are considered, um, things are even better. Well, let's start there then. Changes with student loans. This is one of the changes that's coming up that actually is a, a positive change, right? It is. It is definitely a positive change. And changes like this are cyclical. You know, sometimes when times are, are tough, the guidelines are a little easier. When things get a little hairy, the guidelines change, make it a little harder. And then when the market relaxes a little bit, the guidelines relax a little bit. So, yeah, it's a very positive change. All right. So what is the just kind of the headline overview in terms of uh, people with student loans, how uh, the, the change will uh, impact them going forward? We'll give you a little bit of history on student loans as it relates to FHA. In the past, if your student loans were deferred for at least a year, they just didn't need to be included in your, your debt ratio. And your debt ratio, again, is a percentage in which the lender qualifies you on whether you can buy at a certain level or not. Okay. Um, while that changed was, FHA then came back and said, regardless of it being in deferment, we have to go ahead and take 2% of the outstanding loan balance and include that within a person's debt ratio. Okay. Hence making it harder to qualify, uh, especially you know, who does this hit the most? The millennials. The millennials have tons of student loans. Sure. So now, moving forward to what's being released at the end of June, uh, now it's going to be a little easier for student loan debt. So now, whether it's deferred or not, hasn't changed. You still have to include something within the payment to qualify. However, now instead of 2% of the total outstanding balance, it's been reduced down to 1%. So if I'm hearing you right, Eric, uh, if somebody had been right on the fringe of being able to qualify for a mortgage previously or to be able to afford uh, the uh, the type of home they were interested in purchasing uh, and they had student loan debt, that was a consideration, this might be a change that could get them over the hump and be able to uh, get them in a mortgage that they might not be qualifying for right this moment. Exactly. You know, if you give the example, you have a $20,000 student loan. Previously, we'd have to count two percent of that balance, all right, or four hundred dollars a month against the borrower regardless of it being deferred. With the new changes now it could be as low as one percent or two hundred dollars a month towards the person's qualifying, but it goes a little further from there as well. Um, it may actually that amount you count against the borrower might actually be a little bit lower because not only do we have the option of using one percent of the outstanding balance of the loan, we could also use the monthly payment that's reported on the borrower's credit report, if that's lower than 1%, you could use that. Or, as a third way of maybe even having it uh, of a lesser amount to, to count against them to qualify, if the borrowers have a student loan document that shows specifically what the minimum payment is from the student loan company, we could use that to supersede either of the other two changes. So, so there are benefits. Yeah, it sounds like there are a bunch of options and it sounds like a bunch of moving pieces. And the good thing is, it sounds like you know how to sort through them to figure out the best way to uh, to get that mortgage going. Lisa, with those first time uh, often younger buyers, how is that market right now locally? Well, it's actually great. Um, one of the things we're finding right now, we just closed a property for a listener that had um, 
caught one of our shows about why millennials should be buying right Mm -hmm. now. Um, They called us and came in and their son just purchased a property. And I think the thing that um, that sellers think about millennials is that they're just buying inexpensive homes. Right. And many of the millennials have have the income. Um, They've been saving because they've been living you know, with mom and dad, many of them, and, yeah, and sure. saving all of their, their money for their deposit. And so many of them are buying homes in the three and 400000 as a first home. So um, it's it certainly, if they're in that price range, often they're able to, you know, find good deals. It's when they're, they're struggling to be in that real starter price point where it's a, a little bit of a challenge. My advice to, to a buyer is to buy your first home. It doesn't have to be the dream home. Right. Get in the market, buy something you can legitimately afford and understand and have an exit strategy of what, where am I going? Am I going to keep it and keep it as an investment or am I going to sell it and take those proceeds to my next property? Well, and especially with the uh, value proposition, renting versus buying, it makes so much sense that if you're gonna be in place for at least a few years to be buying uh, in our area, especially. And Eric, um, I, this, is, uh, this is a mouthful with what's coming up here at the end of uh, June. Fannie Mae, which of course originates uh, uh, virtually all mortgages um, under 417,000, the conforming mortgages out there along with Freddie Mac, they got a series of changes that are coming up. Give us a little bit of an idea what this is and, and walk us through a little bit of what this can end up meaning to us. Well, every mortgage company, bank, credit union, mortgage broker, they all use virtually the same approval engine that Fannie Mae has. It's called Desktop Underwriter, also known as DU. Okay. Every so often, just like FHA changes some of their guidelines, DU is updated as a reflection of what the market is doing as far as mortgages are concerned. Some of these tweaks that are done to DU are on a bit of a more aggressive side, but most of them are very minor tweaks. Uh, You've got about 10 different tweaks that are happening to desktop underwriter that's going to be rolling out at the end of June. Um, most of them are positive, um, and then there's a couple that may make a couple buyers who are on the fence, ready to buy, not sure if they should buy. It may make them want to reconsider that and get back into the process again. First question I have before you uh, go through uh, the good and the bad here, um, just to be clear, since the, this is a Freddie Mac program, this would impact only Fannie Mae um, originated mortgages. It wouldn't impact jumbo mortgages over 417, for example? That's correct. Okay, uh, very good. So right off the bat, I know that when we were getting ready for the show, you were talking about the people that want to really be mindful of these changes, those that are self-employed. Yeah, the self-employed borrower in general inherently presents the most risk. Um, Fannie Mae has noticed that, and they've gone ahead and, and tweaked it a little bit. Now, desktop underwriter, when it looks at a, a, any borrower's loan, when you run it through the system, basically it assesses it a risk factor. Um, self-employed, again, always was a little bit higher than your normal average salary employee, no matter of the income range. Um, what they're basically doing right now is they're just looking at the credit history of a self-employed borrower a little bit more it evaluates the credit history a little bit more than it used to. So it's conceivably going to be a little harder for a self-employed borrower that maybe doesn't have the same credit, a length of a credit history of, of maybe a self-employed borrower that um, you know, utilizes a lot of credit. You know, it's going to be a little bit hard to know exactly where, the, uh, where it's going to get most difficult, but in general I would say the major tweak to DU is going to be for self-employed borrowers. So if anybody is in the self-employment side of it, 
you might want to get back into it. A lot of the other changes have to do with uh, credit utilization, uh, foreclosures, bankruptcies, um, uh, and then a, a lot of these other ones are more positive as as it relates to uh, delinquencies and occupancy types. So we identified the self-employed individuals are the ones that are uh, potentially going to be uh, faced with the greatest adversity of, of any subsect. Uh, who stands to benefit the most from these changes, if there are some positive ones? Um, it's, I believe it's going to be people that have a little bit more of the average credit profile. I think they're going to benefit a little bit more. Um, borrowers that typically couldn't get loans before with Fannie Mae just due to maybe some little minor things on their credit, and it bringing their credit scores down, whether it's related to charge-offs or late payments, it might get a little easier for them. So people uh, but, that are credit-worthy but maybe don't have excellent credit? Exactly. Okay, very good. Now, Lisa, when you're you're dealing with uh, so many buyers on a regular basis, you get a, a real good uh, grasp of, of who is, is really in the market. Uh, the couple questions I've been wondering about, how many boomerang buyers do we have these days, people who went through foreclosures and short sales after uh, the, the housing crisis that are back on their feet, and how many people that had other credit-diverse events but otherwise are getting back on track? The majority of our clients um, that were going through a short sale or a pre-foreclosure, um, most of those have been able to buy already. Um, they've been able to take advantage of the great rates. You know, they've they've recovered from a credit standpoint, and also they've recovered from I think the emotional side because I think the first reaction is I'm never buying again, right? Right, right. And um, so once things have gotten better, and and whatever happened that caused them to be in that situation, because remember, most of our clients had true hardships. They were yeah. not the strategic short sale uh, people, and so once they had steady employment or their health was better or whatever had caused that little um, time in their life not to be great, they were able to recover, save some money and get back in the marketplace. So um, I'm, I'm also wondering, there's probably a lot of people out there that are still renting that they should be buying because, yes. you know, they don't realize that this isn't a life sentence. Um, you know, <laughs> and, th and that it's actually um, most likely going to be more expensive for them to be making that rent payment than it would be to buy that property that they're paying rent on, for example. Oh, no doubt. And one of the things that I really appreciate with Eric is that, you know, Eric um, is looking for how do we get it done? You know, how and what needs to happen? So maybe you're not quite there, but Eric will say, okay, here's the plan of what we need to do so that in three months or six months you can buy. I have clients, literally, they know the date that they can make a purchase. Um, so, you know, it's just, I think it's important to get back engaged and find out. And especially with some of these changes coming up, if you were denied and it was close, you might be able to be able to get approved after these changes. It's just having a great conversation with um, somebody like Eric. Well, and Eric, uh, that's it, right? You'll sit there and consult with people over their specific situation and, and uh, you know, strategize. And if you have a solution right now, great. If not, you might be able to, as these changes come into effect, tell them, hey, here's your best opportunity. Here's the window. Exactly. One of the best parts of my job is being able to sit across the table and, and spend as much time as the borrower needs really digging into the meat and potatoes of their loan. If they're not ready to purchase right now, if they have a little bit of a credit blip, we can literally coach them and where they need to go and what they need to do to get to the end result, which is obtain a home loan. Sometimes that takes a week. Sometimes they're not ready for six months, but they're going to have a very good realistic idea of when the time is right for them to move forward. 
Well, good information. And in summation, what I'm hearing, self-employed individuals need to be in touch right away and, and see about moving forward. Uh, people who might have been on the brink uh, and weren't getting the information they wanted but had, because of student loan debt, you're actually probably going to be better off in a month. They can get in touch with you. You can advise them on that. And for everybody else, uh, you know, as people are taking a look at uh, uh, beginning the process, it sounds like having that conversation before we get too far into the process would be helpful so we understand what all these changes mean to us and how to make sure that we're best positioned for the best mortgage rate and uh, in, in navigating the, uh, the regulations out there. You know, what I see a lot of times happening is people are so busy they don't take the time to meet in person as much as they probably should. Um, I firmly believe it's still the best way to do it. We can accommodate anybody no matter how they want to do it. But no matter what direction they go, we'll spend as much time with them as they need so they're very happy and have a good game plan for what they need to do on their mortgage. Well, good information. I know this is really complicated stuff, and you made it, uh, you know, pretty easy. And I appreciate that uh, you'll make it a lot easier uh, if uh, if we uh, just reach out to you. So that's uh, that's a real helpful service. And uh, Lisa, I know as always, uh, you are always looking for uh, the best solution. Uh, it's not always about you know, how quickly can uh, can you sell a home or you know can. Uh, you make a transaction happen. It's what's in the best interest of the clients. Yeah, we're going to look at what would our advice be if we were you in your situation. We're not looking at it from our perspective. We're looking at it from yours so that we can really create that strategy that works. All right, good stuff. So if you want to get in touch with uh, Eric Cantelli, we can get in touch with the True Group. Get started at truerealestate911.com. That's truerealestate911.com. Buying, selling questions seven days a week. Uh, the truth is available for you, 561-972-8326, 561-972-8326. And uh, Brian Mutt for Lisa True and Eric Cantelli from Academy Mortgage, uh, our guest this week. And uh, we'll see you next time.